Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn, and I am joined once again by the amazing Reed Wellick, president of Fifth Wall Solutions. Reed, how are you? Hey, Connor, I'm doing well, man. It's good to be here. Just well? Uh, I'm doing, uh, what day is today? Friday. So actually, I'm doing much better now that I put that together. Uh, <laughs> when you're a little tired, you hit Friday, that's, that's good news. So yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Reed just discovered that it was indeed Friday. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for those of you who haven't watched the previous episode that we did with Reed, uh, we talked about cyber insurance, some of the changes that the industry's seen over the last few years, where it might be going in the next couple of years, and also how to get some understanding of what the heck is cyber insurance? Why do I need it? Uh, and what's going on? Because a lot of people ask me questions about cyber insurance. Not only does it have that super scary word cyber in it, it also has the equally terrifying word insurance in it. Uh, so it usually scares people <laughs> into just ignoring it a lot of the time. Um, but today we're talking about something completely different. We're talking about sales process. Yeah. How much clients should impact that? How much should we listen or how much should we, I don't know, wag the finger, tell them? Yeah. I don't know. What What did you mean by this, Reed? What did, well... So, you know, when you uh, were uh, gracious enough to ask me to join, um, and I was trying to think of some things we could talk about, you know, Connor, you and I at a personal level have, uh, I think, really uh, connected around building, right? We're building something. And I think there's a lot of ways to do that, right? And there's certainly, uh, there are definitely wrong ways, but I don't know if there's exactly always going to be that right way. And uh, we had to build our process in a pretty unique way because we were com- we were coming out of a different industry you were you were building something to, you know purpose built for an industry right yeah. as you were you were coming up so that's kind of the nature of the question because i i think we've done it one way that uh i think we did it a good way right um but we came out of a different industry to do it right so we had a, we weren't a startup per se we were already established organization but we had a startup business movement that we were trying to create. And that was in the MSP channel. You created a new line of business in an already well-entrenched organization. Yeah. Say that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. we, well, we invented a company out of thin air. We yeah. snapped our fingers yeah. and poof, it existed for a little bit. I didn't know if it existed for quite some time, but it does exist now. I can confirm that. Which I got to give you kudos to, man. Like you've done a phenomenal job and it's been really exciting to watch. It's, uh, <laughs> this is my advice. So I guess that this is more of a life advice podcast episode for those of you, if you want, you know, I'd encourage you, if you don't want life advice or business advice, you might want to go to the next episode where we'll talk about something educational as well. Um, I talked to, uh, so I still live close to where I went to college, University of Delaware. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was in college there, I flipped houses. So a lot of kids would ask me how to, like, how are you doing this? What's going on? And I just did that to pay for my loans. And now kids ask me, it's like, what, what's it like being an entrepreneur? Like, I have this idea. Should I do it? I always give them the exact same advice. It's like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. This is the most stressful thing I've ever done. This, uh, if I knew how hard it would be the moment I started it, I would have never done this at all. It's like, 
And that's not like, you know, there's this really big like hustle porn culture that a lot of kids like jump mm-hmm. into where it's like, you got to work until your eyes bleed. And if you don't want success as much as you want to breathe air, you'll never make it. I think that's BS. If I'm being honest, yeah. there, there is absolutely a need to work incredibly hard and you need to work harder than everyone around you. Because when you're creating a business, whether it's in a, you know, a brand new space or whether it's in an existing space, you have to be able to answer one question and it's why am I the best in the entire world at this exact thing? And when you start your business, anyone listening or, or even you read when you start your business, what are you? You're the worst version of this, of your service that'll ever exist mm. because you're brand new. And so that's why you need to work. You need to work so hard that like you get heartburn and not because you're looking to get heartburn, but because if you're not constantly chasing that, why am I the best in the world? Why am I the best in the world? You'll never, you'll never gather, you'll never gather enough value together for your clients to to scale long term. Well, let me add to that because I think if we're if we're just going to deviate off the topic, I'm going to deviate, right? And that's if if you're going to do this, I think the whole working. I agree with you. The whole I'm a bit, I'm a bit older, right? We've already established that earlier, right? When you asked <laughs> me if I was around whenever TVs went to color, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but. Um, my observation is, you know, I, I love work. Work ethic is so important. People to understand that you do need to work hard and you do need to apply yourself. But there's a missing component that I see in the culture today. And that's like, you have to be passionate. Yeah. Like you have to actually have a level of belief and the drive has to come from you on what you're building. What will be a byproduct of that is you will work hard. If, if you're passionate about it, right? Truly passionate about what you're creating. So if you're trying to create a company and you truly believe in what you're doing, the byproduct of that should be that you are working tremendously hard to do that. If you don't have the passion and you don't actually have something that's innate in you that's pushing that, then you are just working hard to work hard, right? And again, as you get a little bit older, you'll realize the time is, you know, it's a, it's your most precious commodity. It's your most precious asset. It's, it's everything. And so um, don't just work hard to work hard, be passionate. And if you're not passionate, find where that lies. I um I always go back to an experience I had studying math in college. Uh, one day, uh, home on break, and my dad comes by the kitchen table. I'm studying math. He goes, "Oh, did you have fun this week?" And I like looked at him really quizzically, and I was like, "No, I haven't had fun this week. I haven't had fun this month. I haven't had fun this mm. quarter. Like I'm the lad. And this semester's over. Like this sucked." He goes, "So." Oh, why do you do any of this? <laughs> Why did you do any of this? Thing? And I was like, I did I said it wasn't fun. I didn't say it wasn't the most fulfilling thing I've done so far. It's like that it, you get incredible amounts of fulfillment. It's not fun all the time. Frankly, it's fun very little of the time, but it's always yeah. fulfilling. And I always, I always try to talk to anyone trying to start a business. It's like, if your motivation is you want to make more money or you hate your job, that's not a passion fueled motivation. That's, that's a, you want to have some level of fun. You're not chasing fulfillment. Like when it came to starting Finn, it wasn't a, I hate my job and I don't want to go get one. Right. It was a, I want to make a dent in cybercrime and I want to build a company people really enjoy working at. It's like, well, I can wake up and I can get fulfilled doing that every day. I can't wake up and get fulfilled by making, you know, a little bit more money every day. That's just not yeah. how it, how it works. Yeah. And, and you can certainly operate uh, well enough operating solely out of necessity. And, and that's just to put this out there. I feel like, we're very, first of all, Connor, very blessed to be able to be that selective. Yeah. First of all, that's a very rare thing uh, to, to, to be in a scenario and in, in circumstance that allows us to do that. Yeah. Not everyone has that. Um, 
but yeah, there's, there's, you know, probably a version of this that you could take everywhere, you know, as far as like what you're doing, what you're building, right? If it's solely around income or it's solely around, you know, the need, try to find a way to maybe look at that differently to say like, if, if, is there something I can be doing that does provide fulfillment? But, um, and there was, I had something that I was actually gonna be able to curve it right back into the topic at hand. And then I lost it. I was I right go, there. I swear. I was right there. I can go right back to sales process. So <laughs> um, a great entrepreneur, a CEO, founder of many companies always told me the following thing um, is if you build too much for the future, you're going to sacrifice your present. But if you build too much for the present, you're going to sacrifice your future. Hmm. And the way that they explained that to me uh, was essentially, he's like, there's a certain amount of your clients will tell you exactly what they want to buy. And you should build exactly that. Like it is a gift for somebody to get on a phone call with you, spend their time and say, yeah, if you had that, I'd buy it. It's like, that's when your ears should perk up. That's when you mm-hmm. should begin building. It's like, all right, I don't have that. You said you'd buy it. If I build, if I build it, will you buy it? Reconfirm that, go build it, go test that out. Um, but if that's the only way you end up making decisions as to what your company ends up evolving into or what your service ends up evolving into that you're selling, uh, you'll never break into a new industry. You'll never break mm-hmm. into new value because at the end of the day, if you're, I, f- I found that the people who are motivated by the fulfillment they get from building something cool that they, that they get a lot of value out of is they have this imagination that others lack. It's not that mm-hmm. other people aren't imaginative. It's a, that these people are way over the top. It's like, Hey, this isn't done. This has not been done in human history before, but I think I could build something that'll do that. Let me try. It's like, that is a insane thought to have. Mm-hmm. and. Usually those people just don't even stop to think about it. They're like, all right, we're going to go do it. It's like, wait a second, wait a second. Do you realize how insane that is? And they're like, nope, we're doing it anyway. So, yeah, there's, I, I, I really like that quote. Uh, Cause I think that I kind of learned that the hard way, way back when this was two companies ago. Right. Um, then it was, it was one of those things where you, you kind of lose sight of the bigger picture, because if you just gain the feedback of the few, that you're working with, what you're truly getting is their own insight based off of their experience and what they're looking for. But we all are different, right? In, in, in terms of what we're looking for, what we want. And I know that that can, um, that could shape something to be exactly what it is that you need to create, but it also may have just created something for the few and you haven't been able to generalize that across the many, right? So you get enough, and, and we did this uh, when we were trying to break into the channel. Um, I had basically the same narrative anytime I would talk to an MSP is like, hey, I am going to call a spade a spade. I am an insurance guy trying to talk to you who's in a different channel. So I would like to tell you what it is that I'm thinking or what we're doing. But then I would like to give you the power to call my baby ugly, right? Like, let's just put all the cards on the table here. I don't think like, uh, if we're going to be partners, you're going to be my favorite partner if you're actually not that nice to me in a way, right? Because you're, you're telling me what I need to hear. Um, rather than what you think I want to hear. And I think that was a big piece of it for us is like, it was almost a cultural thing. We wanted to make sure that our clients, our partners got um, a good sense of what it is that we were doing, but then also enough freedom to give us that input. It's up to us then how we use that input, but it's really important that you create that um, that ecosystem of, of trust and communication, right? Yeah. Um to, to piggyback on that, there is a, uh, there's a friend of mine who gave me some great leadership advice and it applies to how you should build your entire company. And it's, uh, if you really want to figure out what somebody thinks and what they really want to tell you, but social niceties and other cultural differences get in the way, you need to ask them exactly four questions. What do you think? 
tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. Mm. And like, uh, and, and that's, he did it five times, right? He has five fingers on one hand. He's like, and I've only stopped because I have no more fingers on this hand. If I had six fingers because of some genetic, I'm, I'm, I'm like g- genetically predisposed to it. He's like, I'd have, I'd ask it one more time too. And the point that I'd like to drive home for everyone listening or watching is if you don't give your employees, if you don't give your clients, if you don't give the public, if you don't give people the, um, the space where they feel like they can give you honest feedback and you're not just going to lash back out and you're not going to criticize them for that, but you're actually going to internalize it and understand, are these people right or are these people wrong? Uh, uh, trust me, there is no shortage of advice people will give you. Mm-hmm. You have to have this like internal metronome constantly swinging back and forth of, is this the right or the wrong advice to get at this point in time? But you have to receive it all in the same way or people will stop giving you their honest opinions. I like that a lot. And it, it, you know, you're setting the stage and opening it up you know, for folks to actually it's it's one thing to have an opinion and then feel okay to share it. But when you're almost kind of like pressed in a way, it's yeah. like, no, 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 please, please, I'm I'm asking for it. Uh, you're going to actually get the the candor. Yeah. Finally. That's one thing I've always tried to drive home with all of my relationships that I have, personal, professional, spiritual, whatever, any relationship is like, if you have an opinion that you believe to be the truth, you need to, like, you owe it to me. It's like, you're not doing something for yourself. You're doing it for right. me <laughs> to share it with me. Because then we can both have a conversation about it. Then I can understand your, uh, your point of view. And then it gives me the opportunity to assimilate that into my beliefs. Uh, but if you pull that back, you're robbing me of that. Like you're basically robbing me of growth. That's the way I've always tried to phrase it is you're not only robbing me, you're robbing everyone else around you. If this needs to get shared with a group of people, mm. you're robbing everybody from the benefit of your opinion. That's, and, and one last thing to add to that is I've learned is, well, you can get, if I'm talking to a salesperson who has, you know, kind of your stereotypical sales DNA, right? But the extroversion, the things that they, the communication skills, like that's a lot easier to get someone to get to a level of candor and to be able to articulate those things. But not everyone has that. And there's also kind of understanding your audience and who you're talking to to, to say like, um, generally speaking, are they, are they in a place that they feel like not only they can say it, but they know how to say it. And that's, uh, I think a big piece of it as well. That was a big learning lesson for me. That is, uh, that is the truth. One of the things I've learned specifically about, you know, MSP folk is they're incredibly technical communication skills. There's a little bit left to be desired and they're yeah. often afraid of the public opinion because they've been chastised or bullied or, or some variation of, they don't have this confidence to share it. And mm-hmm. you really need to be intentional and consistent with, no, I need, like, I really want this. Right. I'm not just, I'm not here to bother you. I'm not here to make fun of you. I'm not here to shout down your opinion. I'm asking you what you think because I want to know what that is, right. not what you think I want. I want I want to know what you want, uh, but it's it's an intentional thing every day. And sometimes you know communication skills don't come easy; they're hard to gather, and then they take every day. You got to work on them in order to keep well, them it, up. It takes for you to actually have some bad skills to start because you. I think it's one of those things like you learn the best the hard way. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of us, uh, no one was was born the gift of gab. I think it's something that you slowly acquire. Some talk a little bit more than others, myself included. So you get to a certain point and you realize you got to reel yourself back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For folks who wanted to connect with you or connect with Fifth Wall, again, folks, if you haven't, please go watch the previous episode we did on some uh, cyber insurance. But if they wanted to connect with you, where should they do that? Uh, go to fifthwallsolutions.com slash MSP. Um, there's a very easy form you can fill out there and we'll connect with you. And if you're interested, teach you all the things about cyber insurance, good, bad, ugly, and um, 
we uh, also you know can talk about anything else because we got some good people here, which I think is going to be probably one of our next topics at hand that we can discuss. Awesome. Thanks so much, folks. If you're listening or watching, we will have links to all that in the show notes. Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed your time and we'll see you on the next episode. My pleasure. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.